Digital marketing seems to be the mystery that most entrepreneurs struggle with, and real estate investors are no exception. The truth is, there are multiple avenues to success. Those experiences will be best shared by the guests on this podcast. My name is Jason Wright, and I would like to welcome you to Real Estate Investor Marketing Stories. What is going on? Jason here. Back with another episode of the show. Before we get into it, you know me, and if you don't, you'll get to know me. A few random thoughts from me first. Over the last episode, I talked a little bit about my experience at Raise Fest. Wanted to kind of pick up where I left off. Just some more has, has kind of come out of that. New business calls getting booked galore for us, which is really cool. But the most fascinating thing for me is uh, the amount of people I've spoken to that have had like a true emotional reaction to the whole experience. It's really neat to see uh, when you get the when you get people in a room or in an area in an event have the same goals and the the same dreams and, and it's nothing but positivity and there's just great connections being made. Really, really cool things can happen. So getting to witness quite a bit of that, it's a really, really cool thing. And for me, you know, meeting people I've worked with face to face, breaking bread with them, meeting new people. I'm a social freak. Like I'm a big extrovert. Sometimes I get to a point where I need to get in a quiet room for like 10 minutes to hear my own thoughts. Then I'm like, all right, where, where are the people at? Give me back to the people. It's funny because my wife is a, she calls herself a introverted extrovert, whatever the hell that means. But she describes it as, I like to recharge alone, but when I need to flip the switch and act like you, like in a social setting, I can, but it's not necessarily my preference. I, uh, it's kind of funny with me. I like people. I'm an extrovert, but I don't like living in really populated areas, which is great. I love the country. I love to go to cities to eat and dine and connect, but I love to get the hell out of them when I'm done as well. So anyway, super random stuff there. Here's a thought for you. Here's a thought. For getting more passive investors, could LinkedIn be the holy grail of environments for finding new investors online? Think about that. I know there's nothing new with, with that thought, but my team and I are playing around with a couple of cool technologies and approaches with LinkedIn. And I've been talking to a lot of other people kind of in this space. There's some neat things happening. There's some neat things happening. So we'll get into that more later down the road in some other episodes. Uh, I will just say this. If you're not focused on LinkedIn at all, might want to make that adjustment. It might be a big mistake for you, honestly. All right. Anyway, today I've got another guest. I've got uh, my buddy, Seif Kafaji, coming on from TechVestor. And he definitely sports that West Coast cool. Just cool as a fan, just laid back. I'm in Indianapolis area. He's from the LA area, I believe. California for sure, I think LA. But he's just a chill dude, man. And a lot of people I meet from that area the same way. So if you've ever been to LA, then you've been to New York, just a different level of intensity kind of the day-to-day, but great people in both places for sure. See if another thing I know about him, he formerly held a significant role at Facebook. So again, his company's TechVestor is kind of a cool story. It's a very cool story. Without me talking too much more about it, let's get into it. All right, man. Uh, hey, Seif, welcome to the show. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me. And it was great to connect with you and see you in person here last week. Absolutely, man. We had some good times. 
All right. I'd love to hear this. Uh, tell me how you got kind of started down this road with real estate investing. How'd you get into it? I was a high income earning W2 employee. I was a single dude living in a house full of single dudes in the, in the Bay area, working in tech. And my, uh, my rent was like, or my share of the rent was about 1400 bucks. I was in a very privileged position of making too much money and getting slammed with some great taxes here in California. So I was like, how can I better optimize my situation? Learned a little bit about real estate and syndications and got into the space of just like learning and observing and talking to people and got my curiosity peaked very much. So as I learned that a lot of other people had similar problems that they were looking to solve. Um, but they didn't know exactly where to go or how to do it. Uh, the short-term rental space specifically, which I'm in, it was one after plenty of time staying really poorly designed and operated Airbnbs. And there's no clear leader in the space because it's all a bunch of mom and pops. And I was like, there needs to be a clear leader in this space, <laughs> um, ideally. And I think we can, we can actually scale it with some technology, some great team members. Um, we're very much of a people-driven organization, but a lot of this came out of frustration and need. And those are oftentimes the best problems to solve. Absolutely, man. I, I can't tell you the amount of things or the amount of people's stories I've heard where they're looking for something. They're like, wait, surely this thing exists, right? They, they, they can't find it. They're like, well, I need the, the need met anyway, so I'll be, the, I'll be the solution. So awesome, man. So you said you focus on short-term rentals uh, for anybody that might not know. So you mentioned Airbnb. Is it exclusively Airbnb or is it VRBO as well? Or how does that work? Yeah, so we use Airbnb as a verb, as I think uh, most of the industry does uh, these days. But we're on several platforms, including VRBO. Um, but what we do is we do all the hard work for you. If you ever thought about investing in short-term rentals, uh, you probably you may or may not know that it's part real estate, part business, part hospitality, and a lot of other things in between. So uh, we built a short-term rental fund that allows investors to get in passively into the space of as little as a $25,000 check, very much like a syndication into any other fund you may invest in in the space uh, or even a venture fund or anything along those lines. We built a vertically integrated company where we find it, design it, furnish it, run it, operate it, and send you a check every single quarter. So you don't have to deal with any of the headaches. You don't have to qualify for any income. You don't have to deal with any acquisition. You don't have to deal with any renovation. You don't have to deal with any guests. Um, but we, uh, we do all of that for you. And the returns are Pretty much on par as if you were to do it yourself and you were to hire a professional management company. But uh, you know, coming off the heels here of Q4, we typically do about 70% better in terms of revenue than your traditional property in any of the markets we're in. And that's because of our technology. Our team is fantastic. You know, A bunch of us are ex-tech, Facebook, Apple, uh, Vacasa, DR Horton. So we know how to scale this asset class and we're really well positioned to do so. You already know this, but I'm going to tell us so it's on record, but I love what you guys are doing. Big fans, raving fans. Of what <laughs> so smart, makes so much dang sense. But let me ask you, any specific markets you're focused on? Uh, I know like in, in real estate investing, sometimes people get really locked into a, a part of the country or maybe even a one single metro area. What about you guys? Yeah, that's a it's actually a really interesting um, question because we are the rebel in the room right? In many cases, when it comes to this, we are market agnostic and we built our company to be market agnostic. So while there are markets we are already in places like Scottsdale and markets within Florida, uh, the Poconos in Pennsylvania, Memphis, Branson, some of those markets, we simply go where the data goes. 
right? And we follow the data, you know, meticulously. Everything we do at this at our company is data driven. We are market mapping 250 plus markets at any given time to figure out where we're going to next. We use proprietary tech, proprietary data, partnerships with data sources to really loop in and bring in the best possible data quality to understand where to go next. And more importantly, we built our operations and our infrastructure of scale so that we could actually go stand up a new market today in as little as six days, right? So if we wanted to enter a new market, we could, uh, assuming we, you know, we understand the basics of where we're walking into. And those are some of the key competitive advantages we have, right? So coming off of fund one, 2022, where we raised a little over 37 million, uh, worked with hundreds of great investors and fund managers going into 2023, our goal is to two or three X that, and, you know, add a, add a nice zero to, uh, to those numbers, but more importantly, continue doing what we're doing really well and optimize revenue as we can do scale. Sweet. I like it. Yeah. Um, what simple marketing strategy, uh, strategy or strategies and tactics kind of allowed you to initially getting new investors in this business. What was the thing that uh, you first saw traction with? The, the very first thing was we built a brand, not a deck. And I think that's very different than how people think about their business in the real estate syndication and or private equity space. We believe that the investor experience does not start when someone invests. It starts well before they even know who you are, right? And so the way that our website looks, feels, the way that our website looks, hits, and feels, the way that our data room looks, hits, and feels, the way that we use technology to help guide you through the journey to understand and educate yourself on this asset class. The fact that everything's under a single link and not you know, distributed among 25 different links for you to go find the PPM and find this and find that. Those little touch points make it incredibly easier for an investor or a fund manager to be like, you know what? There's less barriers to entry of thought that I'm actually going to go into this, right? We do all the diligence of what we believe is due diligence upfront for you. We provide it to you, the good, the bad, the ugly, right? And we're like, here's where we believe we're going to land. We start with education. If you look at any of our decks, I know you, you've had a chance to see some of our decks in our, in our branding. It's it's not like most things in the space. And it's not just a PowerPoint, right? Like It's an interactive experience, which leads us to people believing that we can actually go execute this because it's, it's how you feel looking through that material. And then for our fund managers, yeah, in this space, I think fund managers are, you know, oftentimes lost when it comes to content direction, even building their own brand. And I think you know this really well, right? It's like, what do I do next? How do I educate my investors? What do I tell them? How often do I reach out to them? And so we've built, we've built a really great proprietary infrastructure for fund managers that focuses on them, not on us on purpose, right? So we have an entire team dedicated towards giving them content, infrastructure, email templates, ideas, doing all the back office work for them, you know, their automation. And that's where our partnership has come into place in the past as well. And in the future and their infrastructure, so they can focus on talking to new investors and attracting them to their deal or our deal if we're partnering with them as well. And so really, you know, to encompass all of that, it's the investor experience, but how we define investor experience starts well before they even know we exist right and so i think that's a that's a key differentiator we're also very different the asset class helps right where no one's really seen airbnbs at scale like you know it's not a storage box where it looks just a metal box 
like I love storage. Don't get me wrong, but of the metal box, right? <laughs> and you know, multi has got its own strategy and its own allure, but you know, our stuff is designed well. It's sexy. It looks great. It's it's relatable. It's post pandemic. There's flexible work. It's it's really just we made a relatable investor experience. And you know, we're filming this podcast, and you saw me here this past week at the conference. You know, I'll walk in. You know, I got a pair of white shoes on and a, and a hoodie because that's how most of us are 99% of the time, yeah. right? Not the suit and tie type of investor that uh, many people kind of assume because that may not be relatable to most people. Although I know several people who attract that type of investor and they're also equally successful for their asset class. And so we wanted to build a relatable investor experience that people could understand and relate to. And don't get me wrong, don't let the hoodie fool you, right? We're an incredibly talented tech team behind the scenes. And, you know, we're, we're well-versed in the space that we're talking about, but we're approachable. And that's what Airbnbs are at the end of the day, right? They're approachable places you want to go stay at with hosts you want to stay with that are well-designed spaces that operate well, that are clean, and you want to go back to and create some really great memories. Those are the types of things that we're really excited about. And that's why I think we're able to attract investors from the beginning. Right. That's, man, that's, there's so much good stuff there. Uh the big takeaway that I get is you guys invest in the actual human experience and with all your stakeholders. And it's the same stuff I talk to people about all the time, right? Don't talk at them, talk to them, real people, real people, you know? So you guys are, are dialed into that. It makes a big difference. Just going through your stuff myself. I mean, you're, you're right, right away. It's inviting. It feels real. It's just really, really good stuff, man. I love it. Uh, let me, let me switch it up on you a little bit. Here comes the curveball, my friend. What's been the biggest mistake you've made in regards to marketing so far? You know, I think the biggest thing is actually not focusing on our fund manager partnerships early enough. Yep. Right? You know, we we came from a privileged position, again, where we raised our first six or seven million friends, family, people we knew. And then we were like, how do we scale? Right. And one of the very first things we thought about were things like paid events, right? A lot of growth, very startup minded kind of approaches to growth and really where I think we could have focused a little bit better was how do we support fund managers earlier, right? I think towards the end of 22, 2022, we really, you know, that light bulb moment really came to us where it was like fund managers have no support and they represent about 50% of the capital that we partner with. And the industry does not value the fund manager experience. What they value is the output of a fund manager, which is the capital. What no one's paying attention to is how do you support these people who are, you know, our fund managers are our clients, are our stakeholders, are our partners in many ways. And how do we work with them to ensure that we're able to deliver an incredibly great experience, not at the output and beyond, but how do we deliver an experience to allow them to actually get to that capital? And we didn't focus it, right? Not that it was bad. It was just, you know, we were growing so fast. We were just so super, you know, fit on resources and time and, Going into 2023 here and coming out at Race Fest, you know, Hunter had put on a fantastic event. And I think it was very wildly clear even during uh, Sam's talk on stage. Uh, and Sam is one of the general partners here at TechFester. Just talking about fund manager support, right? I was actually standing at the back of the room and what you could see is so many heads nodding like very aggressively. Yes, right? Like the back office, the decks, the design, the content. I mean, you know, with us, we give you a repository of content of three minutes of video per property. We can add your logo. It's not ours if you want to. We give you 40 plus photos per property. We give you email templates. We give you data weekly, monthly, and quarterly, 
all of those things like you can always talk about it and naturally our our asset class is talkable shareable in many ways and no one else is talking about it and so the fact that we can support our partners this way you know we should have done this much sooner and that was a that was probably one of the biggest misses that we had but luckily it worked out well we still yeah. got here but certainly you know big one of the biggest investments we're making this year is into our into our experience there nice sweet all right here's another curveball for me before you coming from the other direction and i can't wait to see what you're gonna say i'm actually pumped out of my mind can you share a story about your real estate investing journey that you haven't shared anywhere else not on another podcast maybe not even publicly and i'm going to give you no rules this can be anything you want good bad funny happy whatever yeah you know a, a story that i really haven't talked about most at least publicly is when I first got into the real estate space, I was working with a another um, individual who everything looked great on paper, right? Um, in fact, we visited many of his assets, everything looked great. And in fact, at this time, we were building an investor relations as a service company. That's actually where you know a lot of our investor experience and the focus there comes because we built, we were trying to essentially softwareize or SaaS the yeah. space in the past and this partner was great in many ways they didn't value communication the way that we did and it was a roadblock that we didn't understand the impact early enough with investors it's incredibly important to communicate early often and let me say it again often um, now often is different for more people than anyone right it's, monthly is it quarterly is it daily i mean obviously tmi if it's daily right all those types of things but <laughs> you know I'd, I'd probably i'd probably get pissed you you, you you should hear some of the things we talk about in-house where we're like should we build an app with like real-time notifications of performance and like that's really easy for us to do and it's yeah push notifications right like each week it's like hey last week at you know the, we did x we send an email like that today but do we do it via app and like we just launched this and it's like, do we want to be a notification it's like some people may love that, some people may not, but we toyed around with the idea. But shorter story is get to know the team that you're investing with. Get to know the their why and their values, right? I think, you know, as someone who does short-term rentals today, I'm also an LP alongside with Sam and Sabrina and our general partners in, you know, combined among all of us, probably 60 plus other investments, wow. other operators in different asset classes where we're not the expert, right? People in storage, people in multi, people in mobile home parks, even in venture and VC, in crypto, where people we believe we back because of the values we share with them. And for us, it was, a, for me at least, it was a mistake early to not align. And when I recognized that as the day that I left that partnership in, in any case, and it was not something I wanted to be a part of, but you know, with our investors today, we're very blunt with what we tell them in terms of the experience that they're going to get. And we're like, here's what we're going to give you. And here's what we're going to show you. And here's what we're not going to do. And setting those expectations up front and early have been, has been really fantastic. And, you know, I think you and I both know that there are LPs who demand a significant amount of information every single time there's an update. And there are people who demand little to none information. And they just, you know, they almost forget that the investment exists. And so for us, it's how do we, how do we find the, the the middle ground there of what people want and how do we deliver an experience that is generally consistent with the type of avatar we want across the board? So the the takeaway there is invest with sponsors who share similar values as you, because I think that'll be a 
this isn't a short journey. Typically, when you make a real estate investment, you're talking three, five, ten, maybe a forever hold, depending on the type of investment you're making. And values oftentimes will separate people down the line. Really good stuff, man. I appreciate you sharing that. Let me ask you this. If somebody else is kind of looking to get into the capital raising game, just generally, what piece of advice would you give them about marketing? Is it, is it kind of echoing what you've already said, or what are your thoughts about that? Don't do it alone. I see this like so often, and I think it's like, I think it's the biggest, biggest mistake you'll ever make in your life in this space. And when I, and what I mean when, you, when I say don't do it alone is really two parts, team and technology. Yep. Right. And I think that's a perspective that I think we have, and actually you have, that I don't think a lot of other people have. The first part is partnering with people who share your values, your reach, your output. Trust me when I say whatever your marketing approach is, find someone who complements your values or find people that complement your values you know, between Sabrina, Sam, and I on the general partner level. There are things that Sam hates to do that I love doing, right? Yeah. Same thing with Sabrina, right? And then even our team, our extended team, it's built, it was recruited in a way that allows us to be a marketing machine because of who we are and what we do. But also, please leverage technology. We live in 2023. Um, you know, I don't want to get emails and like ask for like where you want to send my check to and be use automations. You know, call out here if any fund manager is still doing things manually, call Jason, please call Jason and ask him to implement some automation. And I, I know I'd shown you our, our infrastructure on the inside, which is very different than yours. They end up doing very similar things, but we custom built ours and that's a, that's an advantage as well, but use technology to deliver an incredible experience on your marketing. Use the touch points that are relevant, deliver great content. You note that I didn't say create content. I said deliver great content, even if the content isn't yours. Yep. Right. And those are important things. It's just being on people's minds, but technology allows you to scale yourself in more ways than one. And I see way too little people doing that, which is why we build it for our partners. Right. We we hand you a playbook. We're like, you're going to be successful raising for the short term rental fund ten times more because of these things we're giving you. And, you know, you and I have talked about in the past, I'm like, you don't have that infrastructure, meet Jason, he's going to build it for you, right? And so you can go out and 10x that money and also just 10x yourself, 10x your team without necessarily 10xing your cost, being smart in this space. You can be really successful in this space and be a small team and have a really great lifestyle as well, but you've got to be intentional with the way you build your infrastructure. Yeah, I agree. And I really want to echo what you said about, you know, sharing great content. I spoke to somebody this last week, I think at the event. And they were telling me that they were spending personally like eight or 10 hours a week, a week writing blogs. And I was, you can't do that. It's not going to work because I used to try to do that. You have so many other pieces of the business you need to worry about. That is the worst use of your time in the world. So you can hire great writers, pay them a flat rate. You can go hourly if you want to. And it's very affordable. Or like you said, you can even reshare relevant existing content that you don't write at all. Right? Use video. There's a lot of different options, but... No, man. Very, very good stuff. Uh, what are you mo most focused on? You, you touched on it earlier for your business for the rest of 2023. Is it getting to that $150 million a year mark or what is it? Yeah. You know, I think for us, as we set, we actually just set goals uh, here at the beginning of January and our North Star, you know, sure, it does have an element of capital raised because we are in that business of raising capital and, um, you know, deploying assets. But for me personally, it's 
building an incredible team, right? And kind of continuing that journey. And the one thing that I have, I firmly believe is our biggest competitive advantage is beyond the technology, beyond the asset cost, beyond the investor experiences, we have, in my opinion, the best possible team in this space. And making sure that that team stays together, stays tight-knit, stays functional, stays cohesive, and building on top of it as we scale is my number one priority this year. We're in an industry where you need other people. You got to lean on other people. And for us, it's leaning on our own internal resources. Uh, we just brought on our, our newest uh, head of asset management. His name is Mick. He's been fantastic. He spent years building portfolios and fund management at places like Picasa. So, um, you know, we're bringing in really top tier people. Josh, he's coming from DR Horton, scaled single families to over $350 million during his time there. So go hire great people, find them, give them runway. Don't get in their way. That's what my biggest priority is this year. This is a growth year for us. You know, I think last year we solved a lot of problems as they came up this year. I think we're going to really systemize our infrastructure as we continue to grow and coming off our Q4 numbers, which, you know, look fantastic. I think there's a lot of upside to come. That's incredibly exciting. Yeah, that's amazing, man. And for anybody watching or listening that hasn't uh, drawn this conclusion for themselves, let me tell you what you should know is Seif is an amazing dude. I've broken bread with him. Like what you see, what you hear is how he really is. And he's just one of those people that as soon as he speaks, you can say, hey, this is a real guy. He's genuine. He's got a big heart. So that's awesome, man. Um, Appreciate it, Jason. Right. Same to you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so how can our listeners or watchers get more info from you or learn more about what you're doing now? Yeah. And so you can check out techfester.com. You can uh, shoot me an email at cfettechfester.com if you're an LP or if you're a potential fund manager and you're raising syndicate capital and you're looking to get in the short-term rental space. I will promise you one thing, the experience and support you will get as a fund manager or an LP here will be unmatched. You'll get anywhere else. And I hope the returns will be the same. So those are, are things that we're really excited about. And Jason, thank you again for the opportunity. It was amazing getting a chance to meet you in person. For one of the first few times, I'm sure it won't be the last. And uh, you know, race fest next year is on my coast, and so that'll be uh, that'll be fun. Awesome, man. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate you coming on the show as well. Yeah, thanks so much, Jason. Thank you for listening to this episode of the show. I had a great time making it, and I hope you really enjoyed yourself listening to it. If you want to keep up with all things Real Estate Investor Marketing Stories podcast related, I encourage you strongly to go to reimarketingstories.com and signing up for our podcast newsletter. We will simply keep you up to date with what's going on with the show, new episodes, and things like that. reimarketingstories.com. So hopefully today's episode and the other episodes that you'll listen to will remind you that as a real estate investor, everybody starts at the beginning, Okay. Um, our guest today and the other guests that you will hear on this show will share their real story, right? They'll tell you what worked, what didn't work. And I want you to remember one thing if you remember nothing else today. It's possible for you to, okay? Never stop going and keep following your passion. Finally, today's show has been brought to you by CapitalRaisingAutomations.com. If you're an active capital raiser, you are ready to learn the three areas that are holding you back from raising more capital, I strongly suggest you check out CapitalRaisingAutomations.com. Check out our free 10-minute video there, and you let me know if it doesn't provide you value. I'm sure it will. All right, thanks again for listening to the show this week. Hope to see you next time.